Here we go then. Welcome, Aleish Spargaro, Aprilia Racing Captain, to the MotoGP podcast. So, as I was just saying, you're our first rider of the season, so no pressure. A pleasure, a pleasure to be here. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you and chat to you. Now, we chose you, obviously, because, as everyone hopefully knows by now, it's the thousandth Grand Prix in the history of the FIM Grand Prix World Championship. And you, doing the numbers, we were just saying, is it 305 or 306? But it's nearly a third of all the Grand Prix ever that yeah. you've taken part in. So that is going to be the obvious starting question. How does that feel? And do you feel like part of that history now that we're here for such a big weekend? So hello everybody. The first thing is uh, congratulations to everybody that make this possible. Uh, this milestone, I mean, 1,000 GPs is, is crazy number, and uh, for everybody who loves this sport, uh, as me, it's, it's it's a pleasure, you know, to to be part of this of the history. Uh, I'm getting old, so I raise. Uh... I didn't say that. Like, Does it sound crazy? <laughs> no, but, well, th well, thousand races are, are a lot of races, and when you raise uh, more than 300 ones, means that you you have to be old. <laughs> but uh, I'm, you know, I'm very happy and uh, and and proud of uh, of uh, of what I achieve, and uh, hopefully MotoGP will will do 1,000 more. Hopefully it will, exactly. Good sentiment. So, yeah, obviously, you said old. We're not using that word. We're going to say experience. <laughs> experience is also good. true. <laughs> Lots of experience and in a few different classes as well. What's the biggest change now being in the paddock in 2023 compared to almost 20 years ago when you arrived for the first time? I mean, when you arrive uh, as uh, as a kid, because I was 15 years old and, and you're a kid, it, it was like a game. Uh, you don't know what... what what the, the meaning of pressure, responsibility uh, was. Uh, now it's completely different. I have a, a lot of people, a full factory, a lot of families that depends of, of my results, which it means that it gives you a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, a lot of uh, responsibility. You have to develop a bike. You have to be the image for, uh, the image for um, many uh, marketing products. So it's completely another story. It's like more a, a job now. But I still have fun like, uh, like this 15-year-old uh, kid. Well, I was going to say then, what about you is different to when you first arrived, not just the spot on your role here? What's like what you've learned while you've been here and kind of how you've changed as a person? I think I'm, I'm uh, a lot less nervous than before. I was, uh, I was uncontrollable when I arrived in the championship. <laughs> I, I was all the day um, doing uh, bad things uh, <laughs> with the scooter around the paddock. With, uh, I remember at that time with Nico Terol, uh, Sandro Cortés, uh, many young riders when when they arrive in the championship and uh, and yes i think i'm i'm a little bit more calm i'm a family man right now <laughs> everything uh, has changed completely and uh so for me the most important thing is what i learned uh, by working on, on a factory first on suzuki and, and now on aprilia to develop the bike it was a completely new a new thing for me and it's something that i really love it I was going to say then so in terms of that obviously your role is different everything you kind of do is different but you said already you love the sport. What is it about the sport then that you love? And then we'll talk about Aprilia and development and kind of your career now. I mean, everybody is asking during these uh, during these days uh, for the thousand GP <laughs> what changed the most. And I will say that many things has changed, but one thing didn't, and is the the adrenaline, the the feeling that these bikes give to you doesn't change at all. Yeah, now we have wings, we have uh, anti wheelie control and whatever you want. But the speed and uh, the adrenaline when you release the, the, the brake going into the corner is the same. Uh, it's the same when I arrived in 2005 than today in 2023. And uh, this is what I love of this sport. 
So, okay, well, I'm sure we all agree as well. That's why we all watch it. Obviously, we can't quite take part, don't have the talent. <laughs> but, so, in terms of watching then, you must have been, obviously, a fan as well when you started riding. What's your favourite race of the 1,000 Grand Prix history, would you say? What's the one where you still just remember that feeling of, like, wow? I remember uh, an incredible race. Uh, we are coming from Jerez, and I remember a race in Jerez, I think it was 99. I raised a, a, um, a nice fight against uh, Duhan against uh, Kribille. I remember that the, the crowd, the people uh, goes into the track, and the last lap was dramatic. Kribille had some uh, some gap on, on the lead, but lose this gap for the people in the middle of the track. He he high side and lose the race. And I remember the race. I was at home. I think I was around 10 years old, and I start to really love the sport and you know start to to ride to do some races and uh, i remember quite a lot i guess in that situation you were team crivier i was team crivier yeah 100 percent crivier was you know was very important for all of us because was the, the first spanish rider really to to succeed on the on the maximum uh, category and uh, he allowed uh, allowed that all the rest of the Spanish riders arrive and, and, and keep going. He did. He's kind of a trailblazer with that. Yeah. And Alberto pushed just before exactly. as well with that win. So, okay, now I'm going to ask the obvious question, your favourite race of yours, but you can't say Argentina win. I will not say Argentina win. <laughs> really? Okay. What no, would you I'll, say? I'll, I mean, the, the first podium I did in uh, in uh, in the championship uh, was in, in my home GP in Barcelona in Moro 2, was one very good uh, memories. But one race that I remember with, uh, with really a love was the, I think it was Ascent 2014. Uh, it was under the rain and I was fighting with the forward bike against uh, Pedrosa for the podium. I lost the podium on the last lap against uh, Dani. He was in Repsol Honda. But it was the first time that I, I, I was fighting with an idol for a podium. So for me, it was like crazy. And uh, I remember that was uh, not a podium, but one of my favorites. So 2014, so later that year, then you did get the podium. On exactly, the I did the podium you? later on in, in Aragon. With yeah. you and Crutchlow, absolutely almost. Yes. <laughs> that was also a really, really good one because it was my first uh, podium in MotoGP class. But uh, it was like a crazy, dramatic race, uh, dried and rain, a lot of crashes. But the I was there as a fan then. Yeah, I remember that good. so clearly. It was dramatic. Eh? Yeah, I was yeah, at yeah. turn one and I think both Marquez and Pedrosa crashed at yes, turn exactly. one. Yeah, exactly. Leading the, the race. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. dramatic day. But obviously a great milestone for you as well. And you always performed so well in that, like in the open category, you always seem to really thrive and just get the most out of it that was possible. Then you moved to factory, like you said, kind of a different ball game, as yeah. you say in English. I don't know if people yeah, are yeah, Asian yeah. meant to say that, but I'll <laughs> use it. <laughs> how, how is that change? Because it must have been quite a step from there to then Suzuki and that kind of factory setup. Yeah, I mean, my career wasn't, uh, wasn't easy. I'm not saying that has been easy for uh, everybody here. I mean, everybody works hard to, to arrive in more GP, but on my case, it was quite, quite strange because I, I raced with the CRT uh, class, then I moved to open category, and then finally I arrived to, to a factory or, uh, like Suzuki. And it was completely different. I remember when I was in forward, when uh, we did a solid year, we were very competitive, but I have two bikes, almost no spare parts. And uh, from the first race to the, to the last one, the only important thing was to throw new tire and be, be fast, <laughs> fast as possible. Just exactly, <laughs> just full gas and that's it. But when I arrived in Suzuki and uh, it was 
one of the best days of my career. I remember when I jumped on the bike in, in Valencia the Monday after the race. Uh, the first time I rode the bike, I, I, I see the atmosphere of the, of the team, Japanese team, that was completely another story, completely different. It was uh, crazy, the amount of uh, work you have to do to develop the bike, but how beautiful it is to see that improvements, to see you know, the beginning and the end of the year. It was, uh, I really enjoyed it. Well, it was great for us to see as well from the outside, obviously, and great to see, like you said, you had, you've done MotoGP, Moto2, CRT, Open, like lots of different Everything. stuff, and then get to that factory team. It must have been a special moment. What's the biggest thing you learned from that? Was it more on the technical side and development? Was it about you as a person, obviously, in a new environment with a bit more pressure? Yeah, I mean, during these years, obviously, I had to adapt to, to work with the Italians or with the Japanese. It's completely another story. And I've been lucky enough to work with uh, such a big uh, factory uh, like Suzuki, full of Japanese, and, and now in Aprilia, it's full Italian. It's completely different approach, a way of work. And uh, I also have to, to really, you know, to adapt, to, to extract the maximum from them because it's, it's different to work uh, with one or the others. And, uh, yeah, also personally, I think I grow quite a lot and uh, during this year, especially in Suzuki, that was like new bike uh, from zero. I learned quite a lot to how to set up the bike, how to, to try new parts, how to talk with the engineers. And I think that everything that I learned in Suzuki, I really used uh, in Aprilia and it pays off. Well, I was going to say then you've given us a perfect segue, Aprilia. It's been pretty incredible watching over the past few seasons and especially from where the project started kind of struggling for points at times but obviously they've also got an incredible history in Grand Prix it's one of the manufacturers yeah. with the most kind of wins um, across all classes now then how how has it been from your perspective in the team to go from where you were to where you are now like you've taken that Grand Prix win their first MotoGP win as well how's that journey been for you from the inside of Aprilia you know the problem is that in this life, in this sport, everything is super quick. You have no time to stop and uh, look behind. Just need the pause button exactly. for a few. <laughs> it will be really nice to pause a little bit and, and you know, to enjoy and to realize what, what we are doing. But unfortunately and luckily at the same time, we have no time to do that. We have to look forward, to keep going, to keep improving, racing. But when I arrived in Aprilia, as you said, we were not even able to do to score points. We arrived at one minute in some races, and this journey has been like a dream because uh, Aprilia worked very, very hard, and I worked very hard. And the last season we did, uh, I think, uh, with Maverick, uh, ten podiums. So we won our first race. Uh, we fight for the title till until the end. So I'm I'm really, really proud of this journey. And uh, yes, I will I will have uh, forever Aprilia in my hair because what we achieved, what we did, is historically. It genuinely is. Like, I mean, I think a lot of the time we're a bit guilty in this part of being like, oh, right. But that is genuinely yeah, yeah. such a huge change. Like, even just last year, there were some tracks where it was like, Aprilia's best result here is 13th. <laughs> and now you kind of set yourselves a bit of a challenge because it's like, Aprilia took their first podium at Le Mans last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, well, what are you going to do this year? But this season then, obviously, it's been a bit of a tougher start, maybe. In pre-season, it looked like you were the only guys who had anything really for Ducati. Had some ups and downs, but we've got so many races, so many points on the table this yep. year as well. And obviously the addition of the Tiso Sprint. What are you feeling now inside the camp in Aprilia? I mean, it can sound a bit weird what I will say, but I feel that the bike is better than last year, than we are faster than last year. But 
at the end, it's not really important how I feel. The important thing is how many points you have in the championship. And I don't have the same points that I had last year. So obviously, we, we have to improve somewhere. I, I think that on Sunday, we, we, we are not really performing at, uh, at our maximum level. This is something that I have to improve. But I'm really happy of, uh, of the bike that I have this year. I think it's the best, the best Aprilia I had uh, so far. Definitely much better than last year one. So hopefully I can... Uh, I, can I, I don't like to talk about luck. For me, I don't really like, like to talk about luck. But uh, I was not really, really good. And uh, I didn't extract the best of the bike on Sunday. So hopefully, as you just said, we have many races in front of us. And I will turn the situation. Especially, I mean, I think if we'd asked Pekka that question last year after Germany, <laughs> it shows that you really yeah. can turn around the whole season when you just get in that kind of, okay, I won't say run of good luck, but once you get in the groove, are we allowed yeah, to say that? Exactly. Then you can really kind of bring that back. But in terms of the structure then, we had Massimo on the podcast in Texas. Okay. Uh, and he was talking about, obviously, his role was kind of a new role after Romano moved over to purely be the technical side of the team. Yep. How has that been from the inside for you because it seems to have been certainly you maverick and that and both of their experience seems to have played such a role in this turnaround yeah i mean but when i arrived in aprilia already six or seven years ago i realized I, i've been to to know to the factory and i realized this factory have a big potential i mean we have one of the best uh, race laps of, uh, of, the, of the championship. We have good engineers, as you mentioned before, one of the most historical brands of, of this championship. But I had the feeling that we didn't really put everything together, that we, we had not good structure on the team. So when Massimo arrived, um, Romano was able to, because when I arrived, I was discussing, my manager discussed the contract with Romano, and I discussed the, 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 the new engine with Romano, and I discussed the, the fly to Japan with Romano. <laughs> so obviously, Romano is a very, very intelligent guy, but um, it's not, I mean, it's difficult to, to be in charge of everything. So when we uh, organize better the factory, actually, there is almost the same people. Obviously, we have more engineers now, more resources, but there is basically the same people when, that when I started in 2017, and I'm really oh, proud of this. 17 now already. Yes. That is quite a long time. Yeah, it's quite a long time. And, and Massimo was able really to, to extract the best of everybody in their places to, you know, to, to, to organize everything, and it was, yeah, crucial. Well, obviously, as well, a change for this season is we've got the RNF team now with Aprilia. Yep. Last year's spec, two pretty fast riders. Obviously, it's, again, look. Can we say bad luck for Miguel? I Can feel we like say, Miguel yeah, yeah, yeah. In this, in this case, luck. I allow you to say that Miguel <laughs> has really bad luck. Yeah, he truly has this year. So how, how is that kind of from your perspective? Is there information exchange? Do you work together on the rider level? Is it a factory level? Because obviously having an independent team, it must help towards the overall goal of kind of taking that championship, taking more wins. Yes. Um, so... Already three years ago, I started to push uh, Massimo to, to have a, a satellite team. It was, uh, for me, very important because um, there is no time to try everything. There is some places where I, can, I cannot be at my maximum level and other riders can be faster with the same bike. Then you can use their data to, to compare and to improve. And then you can rise up the level of the riders. So from this year, we have this satellite team. 
with, uh, I would say, two very, very strong and very talented riders. Raul is struggling a little bit to, to understand the bike yet, but Miguel has been fast from the beginning. But uh, yes, this time he have a lot of bad luck, and uh, unfortunately he's not really uh, helping on, on, on improve the level of the bike because he's missing races. But uh, I already use uh, his data in America, in Portimao as well. He's been uh, better than me in, in some areas, so it's always good to have uh, strong teammates because it, it makes you better. Well, speaking of then, another perfect segue. Maverick, obviously quite a high-profile switch at the time it happened and then took a little bit of time for him to get up to speed with the Aprilia. Yeah. But now it seems like you guys are quite well matched a lot of the time. Is that a really worthwhile relationship to have in the box? Because obviously you've worked together before as well. You seem to get on quite well. Maybe you'll tell us, sneak preview, you know, it's pure war. But <laughs> no. you seem to have a really good relationship yes. and it seems to also be a really positive thing for the factory and the team as well. Yes, I mean, Maverick, uh, as everybody knows, is one of the, of the biggest talents of this paddock, you know, so to have him at my side, it really motivates me a lot. And it, it helped me a lot in, in, in some tracks that I struggle to compare with him. Also on the test days, we can try different things. And when it's normally, almost uh, always, when it's something works for him, it will work for me. So this is super helpful for the engineers and for the team. And uh, I have the feeling that this year, in a couple of circuits, we both of us we've been at the maximum level of the of the RGP. And this is the first time that it happens in in, in the history of Aprilia. Two riders in uh, more GP are able to strike the maximum of, of, of the Aprilia machine and uh, I think it's very good for the team. Well, what are you expecting then from the rest of the season? Obviously, like you said, it seems more about making everything come together. Easier said than done yeah, <laughs> when you actually have to make that happen on the track and obviously there's so many things it depends on. But do you have any kind of new goals now after it's been a bit of a tougher time? Is there just like, okay, this weekend we have to at least do this and then we build up to this? Or how is the dynamic and how are you kind of approaching it? So I will say that, the, or at least what uh, for me is the most difficult thing is to, to, to be fast, to have the speed. And we have the speed. We've been the fastest uh, in Jerez. We've been the fastest in uh, Argentina. Yes, we've been really fast in, uh, we did the, the fast lap in Portimao. So we are fast, but we have to find the consistency on Sunday. This is the most important thing. The goal didn't change. I mean, my dream and my goal is to, to fight for every uh, victory uh, in, in every GP and to fight for the title. Sincerely, I have the feeling that uh, Peko is one, one step uh, better than the rest. He's feeling really good at this moment with, uh, with his bike, but even him is making mistakes. He's not far in the championship, and this year we have many points on the table. So I still believe that it's possible to, to achieve our goals. And what do you make of the rest of the grid then? Because like we said, in pre-season, it looked like it was like, OK, bit of an Italian duel at the top. We saw a pretty incredible performance from KTM last time out. We saw Alex Rins's pretty much display in yeah. the Americas GP. That was pretty incredible. What do you make of everyone else on the grid when you kind of sit there on the grid and think... He's I mean, strong wear and... Yeah, I mean, but everybody... There is 12 riders, at least 12 riders, that can win this weekend in Le Mans. <laughs> so this makes this uh, sport really exciting right now. I still... I applaud what KTM is doing, but I still don't really understand how they improve that quick, how, how they are that fast. Uh, again, congratulations to them because they really changed the situation. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I still believe that the reference bike is the is the Ducati and Peko. They are the fastest, and we are just trying to 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 catch him. But many Ducatis, also the Muni guys, are really impress everybody. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a very difficult championship. <laughs> well, it is, but we, we have seen you have some incredible speed, like I said, Paul and Jerez. I've got to ask you, though, the start. Certainly, late race pace, Maverick is always his forte. We've seen you, I mean, I think you didn't win the Ago Award last year, but I think you had the overtake of the decade, if much. not the century in Assen. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Just like, right, it's going. Um, but yeah, what with the start, obviously you started on pole, the KTM's got that whole shot on the four times, eventually the lights yeah, went four out. Four times, crazy. Are you doing anything specific to work on that? Yes, 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 definitely, yes. We know we know how important it is because uh, actually our problem is uh, when we are behind uh, the other bikes on, on Sunday, I, I struggle a lot with the front tyre and I will love to start on the first place and, and, and have uh, like uh, nobody in front to... To, to put my pace uh, on and try to go away. But unfortunately, in Jerez, on the four stars, I lose many positions. So from Monday on the test, we work quite a lot with the uh, We with saw the you guys doing a lot of I did a lot of well. stars, trying some, uh, some new stuff, trying some new strategies. Unfortunately, we are not ready to use it uh, here in Le Mans, but uh, we know it's one of the most important things right now. Okay, cool. Yeah, especially, obviously, with the TSA Sprint. Yeah. Everything's so condensed, that start can really make a, a lot of difference. Yes, yes. But, well, okay, we hope that you have an incredible weekend here in Le Mans. We do also have a few fan questions for okay. you, if we can. Some of them are a bit more normal than others. Okay. There's only four of them. So oh, I'm get used with this, uh, my, my long career to see more crazy <laughs> questions than others, but I'm open to, to answer I think everything. they're good. So the first one is, I think you're obviously going to say yes, but we're going to ask you. Is from Ralph 16 on Twitter. Do you think you can win another GP this season? Yes, at all. Hopefully, not just one. Uh, I was aiming really to win in Argentina, in Jerez, in this first part of the season. I failed on these two, but uh, I will try to, to achieve it already in Le Mans. Well, there you go. I was going to say, which do you think are more likely? Like for you, obviously, we saw you win in Argentina, but we've also seen you have really good speed at some other places. Is there anywhere in your head where you're like, maybe here will be my... Uh... But, you know, it's crazy this year because uh, I've, been, I've been fast even in, in America, in my world circuit. So Last year, obviously, that was a really difficult weekend. Exactly. But, yeah, this year... This year I almost real... finished in the podium in the sprint and I, and I crashed when I was uh, on, on, on in the front in, in, in Sunday race. So, I mean, if you have the speed, you can win uh, every Sunday. You can win every... OK, we love that answer. I will try, I will try. I was going to say, <laughs> I'd like to meet a rider who's just like, no, I don't think I can win. It's no, just like, it's on. not your mentality, no. is it? No. <laughs> no. Okay, so we've got another one from Corey Steele. This is a more interesting one. Because it's not just who would you choose an actor to play you in a movie, but who would you want to play you in a movie where you win this year's MotoGP Championship, you retire and announce it on the podium at Valencia in the final race, and then you go on to wear the yellow jersey in the Tour de France. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good story, eh? <laughs> right? Who oh. would you want to play you for that story? Which actor? Yeah. Um, I love Denzel Washington, but I guess he's a bit too old to, to do this character. <laughs> so Especially given what he's got to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. 
So good question. I will I will think about it, but it will be a good story. Eh? It will, <laughs> will be a good one. We expect the script, please, for next time around. Okay, okay. We'll get working on it. Okay, so Denzel Washington, I mean, given that amount of story, we can say maybe we can make it in 1990 and then Denzel okay, will be yeah. fine. Okay, okay. Sounds good, sounds good. Denzel Washington, <laughs> then there's the answer. So Cassidy, this is a good one. Um, and I'm going to say for this one, you can't choose Paul. I can't choose Paul, okay. that's the cheat answer, slightly, because okay. I imagine you've spent 24 hours in a room yeah. before. <laughs> Which rider would you rather be trapped in a room with for 24 hours? No, it's an easy one. Actually, we'll not say Paul, eh, because uh, I love him so much, but, but for sure 24 we, hours we will fight. <laughs> so I will say uh, Jorge Martin, we are really good friends. And actually, we are quite different, eh? but uh, we are good, uh, good friendship. We are good relations, so we will have some fun. How do you think that would be with the two of you trapped in a room for 24 hours? To move on from that question, because 24 hours is quite a long time, eh? 24 hours is quite a long time. Who would be the calm one? Who would be having no, a no, breakdown? No, Jorge, Jorge is extremely nervous, super nervous. <laughs> Obviously, he's younger, a lot younger than me, but he's very, very nervous. I think he will be more be crazy. He'll be the one than, banging on the door. More crazy than me, for sure. <laughs> OK, well, <laughs> we'll try and not make that happen, Exactly, ever. exactly. Uh, so the final one is from Brett Ralph, and it's quite a special one. So... He says, you shared the video of our engagement at Silverstone under the podium in 2021, if you remember that. They get married now on the 22nd of July this year. Uh, there's no MotoGP race, so would you be <laughs> the guest of honour? And if not, do you have a greeting or a few words for them to say congrats? Actually, actually, I think this weekend uh, I have uh, another uh, engagement of a rider in MotoGP. I will not say the name <gasps> because I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm not allowed. But uh, on that weekend, there is an engagement of another rider and I'm invited, so I can, I can go to, to this so one. So you can't be the guest of honor. I can be, I can be there. But anyway, uh, congratulations to them. Hopefully they can, uh, they can enjoy uh, as I'm doing with Laura. It's the best thing of the world to get married with your, with your best friend. I've been lucky enough to, to, to have this feeling. So, yes, uh, congratulations. Well, thank you very much, Aleish. And, yeah, that was going to be one more question I'll ask you now because, again, you've pr provided the okay. perfect opportunity. <laughs> they often say that you get slower when you have a family and everything else. But it seems with you, maybe you've not got quicker, but certainly you're absolutely thriving with that, that side, with your family, and then with Aprilia and everything. Do you think there's any truth to that? Or do you think it changes you in different ways? No, I mean, this is just, for me, a stupid thing. Uh, <laughs> Fair. I yeah. mean, it changed quite a lot for me. It gives me, you know, it changed the perspective of life. And I'm not saying that MotoGP is not important. It's everything for me. I mean, but... Is a job, and uh, the day you understand this, you remove a little bit of pressure from your head. When you arrive at home on Monday after the race, and and, and you have a family there waiting for you, and uh, and you have your wife with you, allowed you to, you know to give oxygen to the to the to the to the brain, and 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 when you arrive to the next GP, you arrive with more hunger, more relaxed, more happy. For me, it changed my life completely. I've been a lot more competitive since I have uh, since I let's say built my family with Laura and. Uh, to bring them here on track, my, my kids, it gives me uh, yeah, a lot of positive energy. It's crazy to have them here, I love it. It's quite stressful because uh, they are nervous like, like his dad, but at the same time, <laughs> when I arrive to the motorhome, they give, us, they give me a lot of positive energy and I, and I love it. And what's it like for Laura then? Final question. <laughs> Bringing uh, them. <laughs> I've, been, I've been super lucky, has been, um, the, yeah, my, 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 
best achievement of my of my life has been to to uh, to know Laura when I was 17 years old because actually my life is super easy. Somebody said to me many times, "Ah, your life is is crazy. You never stop. What's alive?" It's not true. I mean, my life is is boring. I just cycle <laughs> and then racing all over the world. I don't think in anything else because uh, I have Laura at my side. That that's the the, the not the things that I don't like it, and I've been super lucky to have her. Actually, I will say that uh, a big part of my success is because because Laura. Okay, well, that's a beautiful note to end on then. Thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck this weekend. We very much hope to see you guys back at the front and, yeah, converting that pole maybe for you. Hopefully, hopefully I can winner. win this first race here in Le Mans. Let's see. It'll be good, eh? I will try. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining <laughs> Thank us. You. And, Thank uh, you. yeah, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Bye.